listening to Barstool Bender. Hey, welcome to Barstool Bender. I'm your host, Dave, and with me as always is Nikki. Hi. And we have another awesome guest for you tonight. We have Johnny McGee. Many of you have either been in a dragon boat with him, he served you, or possibly even thrown you out of the bar. I, I try not to do that as much as possible anymore, but thank you for having me. Hello. <laughs> well, again, welcome to Barstool Banter, Johnny. Um, I let's let's discuss real quick because Nikki wanted to get this out of the way. How did you meet Nikki? How did I meet Nikki? Um, to be entirely honest with you, uh, pretty much everybody that you know drinks in the city of Superior, you never really remember exactly when you met them. You just sort of. They just sort of become your friends gradually, and uh, it's it's not like a finite date, but um, probably my most memorable experiences and what I've done with her is uh, our uh, many years paddling in uh, the Dragon Boat Festival, so. Absolutely. And I, I don't necessarily remember the exact time that we met each other, but I do remember a memorable time here, and it was here at Grumpy's. Uh, it was a St. Patty's Day. Oh. At least somebody remembers St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Sorry for me. Thank you. I mean, we were drinking from the boot, Das Boot, and uh, Johnny and I ended up on a relay together, and he drank the boot and proceeded out the front door, which I can only guess what happened after, but then he came back, and he was like, let's rally. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> It was vomit, and it was still cold, so, yeah. yeah. It didn't stay down for too terribly long. Um, yeah, yeah. Truck bomb, another thing that, you know, Irish truck bomb's quite quite famous for, but uh, thankfully I'm, I'm putting those <laughs> those years behind me, I hope. Um, and I usually only bust it out on St. Patrick's Day, or if I'm being bet money, I can't do it. <laughs> But, so, so no hope for that this New Year's then? Uh, well, this New Year's I'm actually uh, bartending in Duluth. So a um, uh, bar called the Copacetic Lounge. Um, so that's where I'll be at. But uh, start at 7. Start at 7. Yeah. And now how later? You got staying open all night up there? Oh, no. Uh, that's uh, that's a superior thing only. So I'll, uh, I might come down to Superior and uh, have a couple drinks with the zombie crowd once um, once I get good and finished, but uh, eh, weather permitting and see how tired I am after dealing with my own brand of drunks. So, <laughs> Yeah, for those of you that don't know, the bars do not close. In do not well, close. Well, some of them do. They don't, are not required to close on New Year's Eve in Superior. That's uh, uh, going to be pretty awesome. Good Can tip I- night. I actually don't work on New Year's Eve. I don't oh, that is really right. know how that happened, but I'll well, take it. It looks like uh, we're going to go out, make it till about 11.30, <laughs> and crash right before the ball drops. Oh. Start at 7 at Copacetic, maybe? And so now you're working at uh, Copacetic right now? And- uh, well, actually, um, if you would like to uh, get into what I kind of do on the side, is I do a lot of freelance work with uh, what I do for bartending. Um so uh, special events, street dances, things of that nature, and uh, a couple of bars in Duluth are actually my clients for, uh, I just provide a fill-in service for them. Okay. So if um, you know they, they need somebody that's going to be last minute, can be familiar with what they're doing in you know, 20 minutes and you know, at least be functional, 
that's uh, kind of what my side job is. Oh, that's a good little gig right there. And now, how would people contact you? Well, um, either through my uh, um, phone number or my email. Um, I do have a card uh, that I do drop off at um, you know a few bars and restaurants around uh, town. But um, uh, I'm working on my website, and uh, I'm starting my Facebook presence for it as we speak. So um, that's kind of where I'm hoping my... Uh, my bartending will be going in the next foreseeable future. And as it turns out right now, it's probably about 20% of what my income is. So it's starting to get a little bit of traction. Well, no, it's definitely a good thing to start because there are so many times when a bar would need a fill-in and bartenders have lives. They can't just drop what they're doing. And they do? Some do. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've heard rumors. I've heard the tell of a, of a bartender that has a life. I, yeah, no, I've, I've heard, I mean, Nikki here, she's been bartending for four years and somehow manages to have a life. Which is a drop in the hat for, you know, in comparison to some of our friends that have been doing it a lot longer. Um, 18, roughly, for me, so I've, I've put in my time. And so now, where can people find you at on a regular basis? Um, my steady job is I work at Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, I tend bar up yeah. there about uh, three or four nights a week. Um, I'm kind of sticking with what's going on there because of my ability to transfer to other locations around the country. And um, I'm thinking within the next couple of years, I'll be uh, pulling up stakes and getting out of the frozen tundra. Oh, no. He is leaving Hoth. That sounds amazing. I mean, I love where we live, but I, I, I kind of want to <laughs> just buy an RV and go. Just take off. Just go. And so now, what, you've been bartending for a long time. Would yes. you consider yourself one of those mixologist bartenders? Oh, um, I'm really happy you used that word because uh, I hate that word and I hate that culture. I think the only reason you should ever see anybody with an ologist at the prefix of their name is if it burns when you pee. (laughs) I mean, I... I I just think it's pretentious. I mean, if you want something that says you just didn't go to college, I mean, fine. But you know what I mean? It's not... Like, I'm a bartender through and through. I mean... If you want something to taste like something, you know, I could do that for you. But don't put a label on what the hell that is. It's so. I, so if I came up to you and was like, well, "I want that one drink that that one bartender down the road gave to me. It was green and sweet. Get me something." Like I mean, that's that's a <laughs> that's a bit of a vague description, you know. How you know what did it taste like? If, if you're a bartender, yeah. you've heard it. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's. It was creamy, but not too sweet, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Here's your Scooby snack. <laughs> Off you go. Here's your shot of whiskey. Yeah, here's your, here's your, here's your Scooby snack. Enjoy your hangover. All right, um, so, I mean, you said 18 years, right? Roughly. Um, Roughly again, it's, it's one of those things where when you, when you meet somebody, you're not really sure when you started. I, I think I started when I was 19 years old, and 
you know, somewhere, somewhere between 18 and 19, because at the time I was still serving tables and then getting into bartending. So if I had to put a date on it, it's probably about 18 years I've done it. Okay. So you obviously have a lot of awesome bar stories. Um, so I always think that comedy is uh, tragedy plus time. So usually the bar stories that you have that are awesome or funny probably weren't the funniest at the time. But uh, now that you look back on it, uh, you know, a year later or two years later, it's like, that was fucking crazy. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to curse, but that was crazy. Don't you know? fucking worry. All right, fucking's fine. All right. I know you gave me a list of shit I can't say. There, so. there was two words. There was two so. words, and that was not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I've had to, like, pin a kid down who was on PCP or something, you know, Coke or who knows what. Because he got pepper sprayed, and I was pouring half and half out of one of those little ketchup squeezy bottle-looking things, you know, pouring half and half into his eye while he's struggling the entire time trying to fight me. That's great. Um, another time I had a... Why were you pouring half and half in his eye? Because it alleviates the burning from... Uh, oh, okay. The... Pepper spray. Pepper spray. Yeah, yeah. Um... Another time, uh, a, a guy escaped from um, the, the uh, hospital across the street from a bar I was tending at, uh, and it was well below zero. He was wearing nothing but his hospital gown. Um, rather large black fellow. Um, and uh, <laughs> literally all he had on was his uh, hospital gown, and I don't know how he crossed the street barefoot in, I mean, it had to have been 10 below. Um, screaming at the top of his lungs that all he wants is water and all around is the uh, hospital security staff looking at me to do something to like get him out of the bar I'm like how did you let him out of the hospital to get him to where he has to be my problem yeah and this is so, kind of your job uh, yeah you brought into my bar you yeah. deal with it so I mean I, I I gave him you know some water he ended up not wearing uh, his hospital gown by the end of us trying to push him out eventually we got him a uh, you know, one of the security cars to come and pick him up and bring him back to the hospital, for which he escaped again, but thankfully went to a different bar. So, um, yeah, I mean, also, uh, I mean, I've had great stories, too. Like, uh, this is probably 15 years ago when Kid Rock was in town, back when, you know, he was still relevant. Um, was he ever though? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, oh my God. I, every other song was Cowboy Baby. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I actually have a honest respect for him as a musician because he was playing the autotune uh, piano that used to be in the uh, hallway at Third Rock and we're all singing karaoke with him. And so, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of great experiences I've had uh, doing this job. A lot of bad ones. Um, like I tell most people, I'm, I'm happy to have gotten this far, knocking on wood, without getting shot or stabbed. But been punched a few times and kicked a few times and had to break up a few girl fights and got your eyes scratched. And it's, uh, it's a rough life, but um, I wouldn't have it any other way. No, it's, it's definitely a fun life if you can, if you can be successful at it. It's a fun life. Um, and so now, what, what's a bar that you absolutely miss working at? Like, 
because you worked at many of them. And oh. I, I think you even worked at Grumpy's for yes. Instance. I um, actually uh, I still do of, uh, on occasion. Um, Craig did call me to uh, fill in a couple uh, months ago, but I was uh, I was already engaged doing something else. Um, but uh, yeah, I do miss Norms. Norms was uh, a great place. That was one of the first places, uh, you know, you always would go for your after bar when you were, uh, you know, got done with work and, you know, Tina would let, you know, the bar staff, God rest her soul, you know, kind of hang out. Um, I miss Third Rock a lot, even though uh, mixed feelings when it comes to that, Um, you know, the not getting paid. First time ever a gun pulled on me was there. Oh my gosh! Um, oh, that's another oh, fun. You. That's another fun story. Uh, it was uh, during Mardi Gras, you know, when they had that, um, uh, you know, there were Bourbon Street themed restaurant, and I was on the Tiki. You well, know, used to be called Tiki Johnny way back in the day. You know, I was on the <laughs> I was on the dance floor in the little Tiki hut, just doing the basic, you know, bar stuff. And my job was to give out beads and you know that kind of thing. You know, good fun. Yeah. Well, I ran out of my supplies, so I went downstairs to the dry storage, which was an old shooting range down there, indoor shooting range. And uh, when I got down there, there was three bikers uh, facing. Uh, as I was coming to the door, one was facing me, and the other were to the right or left of him and then there was the manager at the time sitting in the in the basement and a pile of white powder in the middle and uh I'm i round the corner that was uh, some sugar you, you know what it was uh it was not sugar um as i will tell you later that was Mardi Gras. <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh yeah the uh the biker that was facing me uh pointed at me and asked who the fuck I was and I just held my arms up I'm like hey man I work here and the uh, the biker accused me of being a narc uh, and pulled a gun on me and made me do a line in front of him to prove that I wasn't so yeah yes please Yeah. well <laughs> me being recently 21 and if anybody knows me I mean I, you've never seen me do a drug I mean I've maybe taken a hit of marijuana in somebody's presence once or twice oh, yeah, but come to think of it uh, I haven't really seen you do no, that many. I drink but that's that's my it's my drug of choice but okay. all right, well I'm gonna circle back to um, earlier we briefly mentioned dragon boats um, now how many years have you done dragon boats Nikki Oh, goodness. 10, 11. And you've roped him into it almost every year, right? I think this is last year was the only year I didn't actually yeah. do it just because I had, um, yeah, I, was going on, I was going out of town. So. When you were on the Norms team a year before I was. Yep. And I'd actually done it before uh, Norms had a team one year. So Yeah, so did I. So I had one year in under my belt, and then it was... Gosh, I joined up with the Norms team. Well, then something happened, and Norms actually it, it fell apart. It, we all of a sudden didn't have a sponsor, it, it didn't have the, the money. It, it was, was the funding that fell apart. The, the funding <laughs> fell apart. Yes. So we, hey, Craig, 
at Grumpy's. So Grumpy's ended up being our sponsor, and that was 2009, I think. Yeah, I think it was the first year he was open, so yeah. Yeah, and so last year was the first year you weren't able to make it, which I was sad. You were our voice. He's our, he's our chanter, our, like, get everybody to notice us kind of guy. I'm the cheerleader. I look great in the tutu. Absolutely. No, yeah, it was it was definitely kind of lacking without McGee this year. <laughs> and for those that don't know, uh, Dragon Boats is a huge festival that takes place up here in the Twin Ports every year. Um, put 20 people in a giant canoe and you paddle your ass off for two minutes and you drink the rest of the day. Absolutely. No, yeah, well, I feel I like mean, you're going to die for the two minutes, but. No, yes. yeah, it's two minutes of hell. It really You is. earn the fuck out of that cigarette when you're done. I can tell you what. <laughs> Which is not something you should do after just horrible <laughs> no, but, physical exercise and then it's just like, yeah, I'm surprised there's not more lungs on Barker's Island. I want to, uh, when I get off that boat, I want a bottle of water i want to cough some shit up and then i want to smoke a cigarette and have a beer yeah that's in that order like it's great it's a lot of fun it's a lot hard like very very hard work and and only getting harder and harder as we started this when we were in our 20s yeah. and now as we were talking earlier we are wait wait y'all started in your 20s dragon uh, for Motes, dragon boats yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah i was probably 20 well, i started at 32 so I was probably 24 when I, maybe 23 when I paddled my first time. I want to say I was 25 was my first festival. Well, that's neither here nor there. Fact of the matter was it was a lot easier to do that. Absolutely. Ten years ago, whereas now, uh, you know, shit's starting to come off the rails a little bit. and Yeah. Well, something you missed this past year is uh, two years ago, three years ago, you remember the rainstorm kind of ran us away from our spot. That year was actually a lot of fun. It uh, was. It was cold was, and miserable, but it was great. Um, so, Nikki, do you want to tell him where we were actually set up at this year? So, the beer tent? Yes. Right? The space between the water and the beer tent, like the backside of the beer tent, that's where our tent was, and hopefully we'll be again next year. Oh, nice. It was premium placement. We don't... We, we're not going behind the meteor anymore? No, I hope not. Oh, all right. I mean, we had a lot of privacy behind the meteor, which, if you don't know, the meteor is a huge well-back ship on Barker's Island and Superior. It gives you a lot of privacy, but you're so much removed from the rest of the festival where we still had the privacy because we had the backside of the beer tent, but we were right there in the action. Could just because, uh, you know... We are getting older, and nobody likes to see us, so they're hiding us behind things. I mean, I thought of that, too. <laughs> they did put, like, the Earth Rider tent, like, right up front in the beer garden, which they're, you know, were the major sponsor last year, I believe. They're one of the major sponsors anyway, so they there's give so a lot of money. There's no telling. But they are considerably younger. Yeah, I think it's, uh, well... Your your spawn is getting to be about the age where they can start taking taking the reins a little bit, and we can just kind of sit there and drink and watch them, you know, yeah, paddle uh, the boat and do the hard part. <laughs> they show up. That's well, about it right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean they, they they've still got a. You hit them enough, they'll do what you say. Yeah. Um. So what keeps you bartending? Um. A lot of things. Uh. One, um, the fact that uh, 
Uncle Sam knows very little about my comings and goings with uh, cash being your main source of revenue is, yeah. is something that's nice. And do, do tip in cash, ladies and gentlemen, because that shit gets taxed. Absolutely, you get taxed on your tax. Yeah. Taxation is that. What Uncle, what Uncle Sam doesn't know pays my health insurance, I always say. Um, but uh, another reason I keep bartending is, I mean, the people. Um, it's great to uh, just, you know, if you need a mechanic, you know a guy or, or gal. Sorry, not to be exclusionary. You need, a, you need a plumber, you know somebody. You need, you know, an electrician, you know somebody. You need a lawyer, your electrician law or your electrician mechanic or you know carpenter friend probably got a dwi and could probably refer to you to a good one you know i was about to say it uh somebody you know knows a lawyer yeah for sure absolutely but uh and you know um i really can't imagine myself doing anything else um it's it's just something that uh i wouldn't say always has come really natural to me starting out with because if you could believe it back before you any of you actually met me I was actually rather reserved and shy which is not something that I'm well known for these days no I've seen you bartend while singing karaoke to um, goodness what is that at, at a, a medium, medium pace yes at a medium pace by M. Sandler um, and well, that's another great thing about this industry is you can you know everything's a laugh you know you can um you can be a part of uh, going out without, you know, actually being a part of it. And, you're making money instead and of making spending money. money. Precisely. But you're never really a part of the actual festivities. You're just sort of the MC that keeps it going. Yeah. Yes. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, I just started bartending, you know, three years ago. Was it uh, Circle Pines, right? I'm sorry? It was at Circle Pines, right? South Pines. South Pines. Okay. South Pines, Yes. And uh, I, I didn't realize what else went into bartending. It's not just serve somebody drinks. You, like you mentioned, you're the MC. You keep everything going. And so I went from Soft Pines to the Elks to, and then finally had to sink or swim at Dugout. Um, it, it, it's Another bar hard. I miss. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, bartending's hard to do. You know, not just anybody can go buy a bartender's license and become a successful bartender. When you can't just like show up to work, we all we all have those days where we show up to work like, man, I really don't want to be here. You can't have that attitude when you start Absolutely your not. shift. You can't have that half hour to wind up. Well, you, you can in your car, but as soon as you walk through the door, I mean, you have to like flick a switch in your brain, and it doesn't matter how hungover, how shitty of a day you had. You know, you've got to be like sunshine and rainbows you know yeah and it, I mean speaking about being starting bartending when you're hungover like there's nothing worse than being extremely hungover and some of the first drink is like southern comfort oh, oh I was gonna say whiskey but nope mine was tequila southern comfort southern comfort is the worst to be the most potent smelling or I don't know oh, oh, that was oh. that was also the first thing I ever got uh, sick off of um, when I was maybe like eight or nine years old. <laughs> well, I was I was in I was camping with my uh, with my dad and our art teacher at, at Marshall School, and they were, you know, drawing Indian pictographs or you know whatever was going on with that, and uh, 
you know, when you're up in the woods, you get cotton mouth and you really just need to get something sweet and, you know, the treated water doesn't really, you know, cut it for you. So I saw this jug of something that was just in the cooler and I'm thinking my dad's holding out on me with some apple juice or something like that. And you've seen me drink before. I mean, I still could do that as a little kid. Like I could put it down. So I probably put down about a half of a fifth of Southern Comfort before like my eyes started to burn and I just set it down and I just got so sick and like yeah, I was throwing up for a good day and a half and to this day I can't can't smell it, can't taste it, can't do anything with it. I don't know what my Southern story, Southern Comfort story is, but it I can't uh, Um Nikki, can I get a shot? Absolutely. McGee, do you want a shot? Sure. I'll I'll do whatever he's doing there. Jack Apple. It is amazing. Jack Apple? Okay. It, uh, normally, I'm a Jack Daniels man, but uh, up in my age, I found that Jack Apple doesn't have hit me as hard. Yeah, so long as it's not Fireball. I mean, the fact that they even get away with calling that whiskey is... I, I, I don't know how they do that. No, it, uh, somebody had told me, it was when I was down in New Mexico, and I, I met this uh, distributor guy, and he told me the Fireball was actually marketed as something to compete with McGillicuddy's. Um, I thought it was made by McGillicuddy's, just the similar style of bottle and whatnot. Uh, something, something like that, I don't know all the details, but it was made <laughs> to be that kind of liquor. It wasn't... Well, it was a schnapps. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it wasn't marketed as a as a whiskey at first and then they just changed the level label it took off and uh, then everybody was drinking fireball for a year and a half I think they only just call it whiskey so that you know men who don't like their whiskey whiskey flavored can still say that they're a man and have a man card well I can't really talk shit I mean I'm drinking we, Jack yeah, Apple we are drinking so. Jack Apple but that's at least 70 proof I mean <laughs> <laughs> what's what's fireball? I think it's like thirty three percent alcohol. Oh, is that? I I think it is thirty three um, or thirty five. You know, we we have a bartender here on Barstool Banter. She can totally check it for us if she can read upside down. Thirty three, thirty five. Woohoo! Right. Oh, this is thirty yeah. oh, oh. five. Oh, this thirty five percent or thirty five proof. proof. Ooh. No, percent. No, this oh, is okay, 70 percent. proof. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. 70. I was right. Oh. Cheers. I did not spill it on the keyboard this time. Yeah, Jack Apple's uh, a little lower than regular Jack. Same with uh, Jack Fire. Yeah, I think uh, regular Jack is 80 proof. Yep. Well, yeah. pretty much all um, infused alcohols like Smirnoff would be an 80 proof, but like all of their flavors are, are 70. And that goes with Bacardi and whatever else. So, yeah, Fun fact, if you you're trying the... to calculate your blood alcohol level <laughs> before you drive home. <laughs> so I can drink and drive as long as it tastes like berries. I'm okay. Uh, or not sound advice, <laughs> but <laughs> true-ish. <laughs> Again, don't drink and drive. It's a bad idea. Get a professional to do it for you. Call Ernesto. He drives your car home for you. Yeah, Sober Pro is actually... Uh, the shit. Yeah, it is the shit. Hey, he's getting close. He's going to start getting some more drivers. 
I mean, there's times I'm at Tat and I'll see him just every 15, 20 minutes. He's walking in that bar. Well, it's great because your car's at home. Like, yeah. how many times have you not wanted to call a cab or call an Uber because you need your car the next morning? Like, hey, I got to go to work. Probably should have thought that through, you know, but. Agreed. Um, you don't always know what's going to happen when you walk into a bar. No. Particularly on this side of the bridge. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You never know when it's going to be a wild, or a wild night or, you know. Like, I walked in here one Thursday night to get my paycheck at, I don't know, 7 o'clock? Literally to get my paycheck. 2.30 in the morning, I'm like, oh, man. You would spend your paycheck. Yeah. Well, I mean, not even, honestly. Like, there were so many people here, they were buying me drinks, and, like, I had no intention of spending any money, and I really didn't, because oh, everybody yeah. was buying me drinks, which is right. one of the perks so, of being a bartender. So, on your side project, uh, your, your freelance bartender. Yes. Um, what made you want to do that? I mean, because you already got enough on your plate with working a normal bartending shift. Honestly, um, I'm a workaholic. If I could work seven nights a week, I would. Um, and uh, I would just... I, I've been in this so long and been kicked around by, a, you, know, you know, the occasional owner or manager or whatever else or, you know bartender that had more seniority than me that I kind of wanted to manifest my own destiny, you know, whereas you've contracted me. I'm here for the evening. I will do a professional job for you and I will do it to the best of my ability, which I'm no slouch. So, um, I would like, uh, this, this industry to, to really become something that just people don't do on the side anymore. Because when I was growing up, you know, a bartender was a profession just like an electrician or a mechanic was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now it's something that, you know, a school teacher does because they can't make ends meet or, you know, what a college kid does so that, you know, they can, you know, get through and have beer money that they don't have to put on their parents' credit cards and things of that nature. And just the pool of talented people in the industry has gotten so diluted, particularly... On, on my side of the bridge with, you know, a very few exceptions, there's not many of us who do this as their primary job anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's like, when are you going to get a real life? When are you going to grow up? I'm like, look, man, I, this is a real life. This, this is a, a grown up job. This it's is something, a lot of hard work and people don't realize that. I tried that. I, I tried bartending for a year, um, but unfortunately just couldn't get ahead. I mean, in all reality, anybody can pour whiskey and cola into a glass, but no it takes there. a certain person to make it, enjoy it an enjoyable experience but, for well, the patrons or to bring in a crowd or like, oh, so-and-so's working here, let's go there. And also, let's say you have to do 50 of those plus open up beers and you have to get all that done in 45 seconds, you know what I mean? It's, it's something that... You know, and that's one of the other great things that I love about this industry is that there's a direct correlation to how much I move my ass to how much money I make. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, and I think that's something that's, you know, rare in this economy where you're rewarded by how well you do something. And it's, 
another reason I absolutely adore this industry. Something I learned bartending with Nikki, because I used to help her out Saturday nights at Dugout. It's also about how many orders can you juggle in your head at one time without fucking up and get everything right. Because you'll be at one end of the bar, somebody orders a Bud Light. You go to get it at the other end of the bar, somebody's going to order a Manhattan. Can you juggle 10, 15 orders at once for five hours? I do have a funny story about that. Uh, So um, it's tending bar at Aces on First. And this is uh, a few years back before uh, Chaz and Cade now own it. But uh, everybody knows I usually wear a bandana when I'm working. And it's sort of like an extra set of hands for me. I keep pens back there in case, you know, people need to sign a credit card tab or I put people's credit cards in or put people's money in there just as like a reminder of something that I have to do while I'm, you know, pouring drinks and, and shit like that. I always so, wondered about the bandana. Huh? I always wondered about the bandana. It's it's not just form, it is function. Yeah. Or fashion, it is function, I should say. But, uh, so I had probably two people's credit cards in my bandana, and I had people's money in between my knuckles, you know, as I'm, as I'm pouring drinks. So I probably got maybe six or seven irons in the fire right now about what the fuck I'm doing. And, uh... This girl walks up to me who, new to bartending, you know, whatever, fine. But, uh, I mean, blonde looks like a porn star. I mean, that's that's why the former owner kind of hires, you know, he liked hiring pretty girls or whatever. And, you know, well, I yeah, would be... bring customers in. Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, she walked from one end of the bar all the way up to me at the fast end. To ask me what was in a vodka and cranberry. Yeah. And <laughs> oh god, that's a was it glass eyes vodka? What's the last one? Um, cranberry. Soda. Yeah. Oh. Well, I just I, I tell her I'm like it's a vodka and cranberry. You put ice in the glass. Ask them what kind of vodka they want, and then put cranberry juice in it. Go. But how and much? She, well, <laughs> thankfully she could figure that out for herself. Okay. But what happened to me was I lost everything. I lost what drinks I was making. Oh. I lost whose money I was holding. I forgot whose credit cards I was supposed to run. Like, I was in the middle. Like, I just dropped all five things that I was juggling. And I just had to stop and back away for five minutes during the busiest time of the night and just go, okay. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so. You just had a reset button yeah, on me. Yeah, please. <laughs> When asking your bartender something, make sure that they're, you know, looking at you and ready for a question. That's all I'm saying. No. If nothing else, if they look busy, just throw it quick when you get a minute. Absolutely. Because we saw you. And when and when we do get a minute and we stop and put our hand down, don't say um. No, absolutely. Man, absolutely. Well, I, I don't really know what I want. And I'm 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 sorry. I apologize to every bartender who's ever served me. I am so guilty of that. Like, That's why I'll just order for you. I'm so guilty of that. No, I'm still guilty of it. <laughs> okay. And again, that's but, why I order for her. Yeah, when it's busy, Dave will just be like, <clears throat> "Bud Light shot of Jack." Like, no, it doesn't matter. But Josh used to get really mad at me, and I come back to you when we're at, we'd go walk in a dugout on a Saturday night and it'd be really busy and he was working and 
he'd go, ah, oh, crap, here's Nikki. She has no idea what she wants. I'm still that way. I wish I could change it. Tequila's never been my thing. Actually, I've just gotten into tequila, and I've got some at home that is... It's, it's an elixir of the gods. And it's expensive, but it is really good tequila. Oh, don't get me wrong. I will drink tequila. But it's not something that I will sit down and or like order it or buy it for home or... Like I'd a be good margarita. To place a bet, I might be able to change your mind on that. I'll, I'll take you up on that. All right. Well, I think we still have an open invitation to come check out his bar. Yeah, a lot of people over on this side of the bridge do, but you know what? Everybody's too scared to cross that damn bridge. It's free alcohol. I mean, shit. <laughs> I'm not scared. Let's pick a day. All right, and we can do that. Um, so then I want to circle back to uh, your side gig again. Okay. Uh, for the third time. Um, now, is is there anybody else out there doing this? Or as far as you know, is this just... Well, as far as I know, no. And um, uh, what I'm kind of basing it as... Have you heard of Tackle before? No, I have not. Okay, Tackle is like a, sort of like an online site where you can hire somebody a lot like uber does to drive you around or lift or food dudes or whatever else okay. but basically it's for handymen you know like somebody who knows how to fix a washing machine or whatever so kind of like angie's list uh you well angie's angie's list more or less deals with um uh people who are actually uh licensed and bonded and you know have a have a a company that's running for them. Okay. What Tacklemore does is um, a lot like how our economy is kind of going open sourced with people who are working for themselves, using their own cars to drive people around and become their own taxi service, or using their own cars to you know deliver food to people. Um, Tackle's kind of the same way. Whereas I have a certain set of skills, not to quote Liam Neeson, <laughs> you will not find you will not find those certain set of skills on Tackle. But uh, Tackle is basically... Give it time. Give it time. Give it time. Give it time. You might be able to hire an assassin. Also, you know, as a bartender, you might run into one of those. You never know when you might need one of them Wednesday, just like you might need a mechanic. This is going to be something I'm going to edit out. <laughs> Fair enough. But Tackle is uh, basically you're hiring a handyman. And okay. you're doing it, you know, basically in, in the same sort of... Uh, financial transaction that you would with an Uber. You know what I mean? I'd eventually like this to um, roll over into more of a booking service where um, how my my site's going to be set up is that the bartender will rate the place that they worked and double blind the uh, person who actually hired them will rate the bartender as, as them as an employee. That way the highest rated people will float to the top and everybody has their own specific set of skills again like every bartender is different you know some are better at craft cocktails some are better at more utility some are better at neighborhood bars some are better at high volume than others would be would you like to within time develop a website to where other bartenders such as yourself can register on this nationwide correct and get out to their local bars as well correct I might have a guy I'm going to put you in touch with. Oh, really? Yes, sir. Uh, he actually teaches up at uh, LSC, and he uh, does great work on websites. Um, 
Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get you in touch with them. Right on. Well, my, um, my direction has mostly been my own searching through building my own thing, so some proper direction would be good with that. I would definitely appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, uh, you know, I'll put you in touch, and, you know, this is definitely something to take off for you. Who knows? You, you know, might be in two years if it goes well on in your own bar and kicking back down in some island. Well, it was announced first here on Barstool Banter, and I won't forget my roots. <laughs> just buy me a shot. That's all I ask. Yeah, I can see you doing cocktails in and dreams. And now I just now I just went into a verbal contract with him, and that's all he owes me. <laughs> <laughs> a shot. <laughs> well, I said in Jamaica. so It's going to be an expensive shot. Go. I'm going to do some research and find the most expensive shot in the world. Uh, even so, it's... you got some pretty expensive tequilas and... Sh- and scotches out there but you're almost better off buying you the bottle of it and you can yeah. I'll pour the shot for you there you go he's gonna buy you a bottle you went from a whoa, shot to a whoa, bottle whoa whoa <laughs> <laughs> no if it takes off mate for sure <laughs> right now it's just something that uh, fills my spare time and it's my pipe dream to see you know how far it goes and I've been kicking the idea around for a very long time and um, if it takes off, it takes off, you know? No, I think, uh, you know, something like that could most definitely take off. Um, again, like I said, there are so many times a bar manager or bar owner is sitting there. It's like, oh, well, you know, bartender A called in sick and B, C, and D. They've already got plans. They can't come in. Um, what do I do? You know, whereas uh, uh, something like what you're offering would take a lot of headache off of them. Well, it not only would take a lot of headache off of um, the bar owners, it takes a lot of headache off of bartenders because, to be entirely honest with you, if there's some sort of less rigidity when it comes to how we operate, um, because what's the biggest problem we have is finding time off or finding enough hours. Absolutely. So if you could, you know... Somebody's always looking to drop a shift, and somebody's always looking to pick one up. So if, if you had an obscure place to put your availability into, where you may have to jump from bar to bar, but I would be all about that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that way, if you need a day off to look after your kid, or your dog is sick, or something, you, you can, you know, find somebody that, that'll come in for you, and it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who's on the payroll, per se. Or, you know, again, you know, say you've already given up a Friday night shift to come find out you have it open. Yeah. You, know, you just log in. Hey, I'm available. Yeah, in or, short notice, for sure. You know, I just need 10 minutes to find out where everything is in your bar, and I'm good to go. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, there's different point-of-sale systems that you're going to have to be familiar with, but, I mean, anybody can run a till like they have here. Right. You know, or a POS system. Really just take the uh, five to ten minutes with the owner to be like, okay, run me down on your prices, let me run me down on your, you know, or your and POS I mean, I'm, if you I'm don't have one. I'm familiar with four different kinds that are typically used uh, around here, Harbor Touch, um, Digital Dining, uh, Micros, and Aloha. So, I mean, I can run those pretty effectively, you know, without... Having to have, you know, you don't too even much need, about it. You don't even need to know how much things are. Where yeah. here we don't have a POS, so you, you got to know whatever how much things are, which yeah. is legitimately remembering like three things. Which I think is that is the roughest way is the, the old school registers. 
It's probably the hardest way I learned. Like working at Elks, picking up that POS was easy. Uh, Soft Pines yep. had a POS that was easy to operate. It wasn't until I went to dugout. I was showing that old school ancient thing that I was really confused. <laughs> here's, yeah, here's a list of uh, liquors and how much they cost, and you just manually put it in. Oh, and by the way, these people only pay this much for this drink. Oh, I hate that. I absolutely hate yeah. that. Different prices for different people. That's, that's, that's gotta not, go. No. No, absolutely. I mean, if you can't afford to drink here, you can't afford to drink here, but the fact that you've been buying your same old style for 20 years in this establishment prices go up <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> this is the way things are <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, well, I paid a nickel and I will pay no more oh believe me when we changed the, the price of uh, Miller High Life here it was a well I'm sure you had a, a ride thing. on your hands yeah. yeah or when I started working here and I didn't know who the regulars were and you You're know, the kind of guy I'm, who doesn't I'm give a shit either. <laughs> and I made many enemies my first day. Oh, I did. I did too. Working I'm, out I'm here, I'm like, no, it's it's that's what the list is. Oh, I'm a regular. I don't care. It's my first day, and that's here. a that's a great attitude to actually have as, as a bartender. Oh, I'm a regular. To be honest with you, I don't care. You should not get any preferential treatment. No, because it's not fair to a new customer. And I mean, I get that, you know, you're the ones who are here every day and keeping the lights on, but it still has to be fair. It's not your own private bar. If if you want to have that. And that's been the problem with so many bars here in Superior is there's been too many people that think that because they come in every day or they come in every day, that it's their own private bar. I've seen many bars shut down because of it. Uh, you have to remember it is a business and yeah you come in every day but that's because you enjoy the place yeah. you don't expect to start getting half price drinks or anything because that's going to put your local bar owner under un- underwater and if you have to if you offer it to one person you have to offer it to everybody absolutely yeah. it's, a, it's a huge domino effect I uh, guess what I'm trying to get out there is uh, be nice to your bartenders. Be nice to your local bar in general. I mean, if you like where you're treat it like out. it's your own living room. I mean, you're not going to throw up in the middle of the floor because you got to clean it up. I mean, wait a minute. No. Wait. Treat it like it's your own house. But again, it's not your own house. Well, I feel like I'm able to throw up in my living room, though. Cut. What, what, you got a dog or something to clean it up for you then? Actually, yes. Okay. That makes it <laughs> gross. <laughs> no, treat your bar like you would if you found out that uh, it may be shutting down next week. That's the only thing I can think of. Like, it's a fickle business. And just, I mean, what's here is not yours and just treat it with its own proper respect. Don't smash the mirror because. You're angry that your girlfriend left you or, you know, don't break a chair because, you know, you had a good time. It's not your own personal rompus room. Absolutely. Need another round of shots. Um, and so I'm going to get a hold of your information, your email. Uh, we're going to post this on the page on Twitter. Sure. And on YouTube, Twit- you know, Stitcher, wherever I post this at. That way people uh, can start oh, no. The business is called On The Fly, which is a restaurant term for... Uh, Basically, it needs to be done right now. 
It's pretty fly for a white guy. I love guy. your logo. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm not going to lie. A guy that I worked with, uh, um, college student, actually, up at Buffalo Wild Wings. I, he helped me design that. Okay. So. You need to give me his number, too. I need a logo for... Oh, sure. sure. Uh, but yeah, Luke well, Willis is his name, and I think he charged me about 140 bucks, and he did a lot of revisions on it, and he didn't want to send it to me until I was absolutely happy with it, and uh, my business cards I got done through Wix. Yeah, no, we will definitely post this. We will get your name out there. Um, yeah, from me and Nikki, we would love to thank you very much for coming on Barstool Banter. Absolutely. Uh, I'd love to come back. So We would love to have you, and Happy New Year to Happy New Year. all of our Happy listeners. I uh, hope that you are extremely hungover because you had a great time last night. Or you are rolling in the dough if uh, you worked. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, from Barstool Banter, I'm Dave. I'm Nikki. I'm Johnny. Have a good one.